North Pole Hotline. Help! My in-laws are hosting Thanksgiving, and we're bringing the dressing. You mean stuffing? No, dressing. I need cute outfits for everyone. Get to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, Old Navy's kicking off the holidays with stylish denim, velvet tops, the season's best dresses, and 40% off your entire purchase now through Tuesday. 40% off? We'll be stuffing our shopping bags full. And don't forget colorful sweaters and amazing outerwear, too. You can even buy online and pick up in-store for free. Ooh, I love an all-you-can-wear buffet. Holiday your heart out at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1118 to 1120. Exclusion supplies. See stores for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, it's Dr. Low Radio. I'm Dr. Laura Noel, your host, and you're tuned in to the episode that talks all about how to have a healthy menstrual cycle. You're listening to the show that talks all about natural medicine and nutrition. We're always bringing you the very best in both of these fields. I'm so glad to be with you guys again tonight. I hope you're doing wonderful. And uh, we have longer nights now. We're actually, I'm, I'm loving being down here in San Diego where the nights are getting a little longer. It's not getting dark so early. So I'm just excited. We're swinging into summer and I feel like the, uh, the frost is starting to melt, not so much in Southern California, but for a lot of you guys around the U.S. <laughs> so a lot of my patients are out of state, so I know a lot of you guys have uh, been shivering for a few months. Um, so happy to see things are starting to sh- change and get a little bit warmer. And um, speaking of warmth, Coming up is the Shine Retreat in early July. I know you guys have been patiently waiting details about this retreat, and we're really close to announcing details about that. But it's going to be the first week of July down in Nicaragua, and we'll be relaxing, doing some yoga, drinking some healthy smoothies and juices, and getting some healthy food, and just ultimate relaxation and recharging. If you want more information about that, go on over to shinenaturalmedicine.com, sign up for email updates, and we'll give you guys the first scoop as soon as we release all of those details. So really excited to meet a lot of you guys at that. Tonight we're talking all about what a healthy menstrual cycle looks like. One of the things that helps with that is stress relief. That's how the retreat relates to all of this. We're talking a lot more tips and tricks of how to get your menstrual cycle to be much more of a breeze and not so much to where you want to kill someone. That's the goal. Um, We have expert Bridget Danner on the show tonight. She runs an online women's health community called Women's Wellness Collaborative. Through this community, she interviews experts in women's health through blogs, videos, podcasts, and online summits. She practiced Chinese medicine for 12 years and has performed over 12,000 treatments, so she has lots of experience. She's also a certified functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. She's worked extensively in the fertility field and has worked with many professional women in helping them find health within their busy lives. Bridget became passionate about women's health after her own postpartum health crisis with the help of life coaching, holistic nutrition, functional medicine, and whole foods cooking, she was able to recover from postpartum depression, as well as Epstein-Barr virus, which we talked about on the show a bit, and adrenal dysregulation. We definitely talked about that. She loves to share the tools and skills she's learned, along with the tools of other experts, to help women everywhere find the energy and the balance that they so crave. Bridget, thank you so much for coming on the show. Welcome to Dr. Low Radio. Hi, Lauren. So happy to be here. Yeah, it's so great to have you. It's time to have you on. You know, I know I've been on your thing. So, and um, you know, I don't think I I didn't talk about the summit coming up. I know you have a online amazing health event coming up in April, right? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so you're a part of that. You are one of the speakers. So we have actually 35 speakers. It's a full house. Nice. And it's all about yeah, it's cool. It's all about women's hormones. So it's uh, seven days of of hormones and we go through education and life stages and certain conditions you could have and how to treat with food and lifestyle and practitioners you can see. So yeah, we'd love to uh 
love to have people join and, and hear you and, and meet some, some new folks as well. Awesome. I wish I had known about all of these amazing, empowering bits of information when I was in high school and my early 20s. Oh, my gosh. Could you just imagine knowing all this stuff? So it's never too early to start and learn about your hormones. And <clears throat> I had a call with a, a patient the other day. She's 16, no, I think 15 years old, super embarrassed talking about her periods. Um, I, I do a call with her mom, actually, to talk about her, her health. But when it comes to her periods, I couldn't get any information from her mom, so I had to talk to her about it. And just giving her, you know, a little bit of information to download an app on your phone, start to you know track your cycles, and even as early as your teenage years to get an idea of what your hormones are doing. It's really important stuff. So you don't have to be in you know perimenopause, postmenopause to look into this. I mean, really, as early as you know, even being a kid, learning about this stuff is really important. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I totally agree. And you know, we don't have like a lecture geared to teenagers on the summit just because I didn't know if they would actually, you know, find mm-hmm. us. However, we do mention a few times that, you know, something I advocate is, you know, let's teach our moms and our women about their cycles, you know, when may, they maybe never learned when they were young, and then we can pass it on to our daughters and our nieces and our young clients like you are. So, yeah, you know, it it's it's it starts early. The symptoms start early, so the learning should start early too. Yeah. Totally. And we have a special link for our Dr. Lowe listeners. So if you go over to drlowhormonesummit.com, you'll get access to that summit. You can start checking out. Actually, it's not coming up for another, what is it, a few weeks. Is that right? Yeah, a couple weeks. A few weeks, yeah. But you can get pre-registered and get in the loop of all of that. So, and I think the first place to start really, and even, you know, talking about starting as early as teenage years, to learn about what a healthy menstrual cycle looks like. You know, I think we just, I know for myself, I had no clue until I went to medical school what my hormone cycles were supposed to look like. We talked a little bit about this on the show in some previous episodes, but we're so complicated as female creatures. There's so many nuances and details and just we're we're kind of like an art form really, right? So there's so many things we'll learn. I'm sure even doctors listening and medical students will still get some information that, that can be useful. So Let's start from what is it supposed to look like? What's a healthy menstrual cycle? Um, is it normal to have PMS? Should it be pretty pretty easy breezy? So what's your take on that? Yeah, I'd love to first just walk through what a really typical, perfect, hanging up on the wall cycle looks <laughs> like. And then from there we could go to, you know, what could possibly go wrong. So first thing is, you know, a lot of people don't even know when day one of their cycle is. Um, so day one is when you have some significant bleeding. So if you're just spotting a little bit, I don't usually call that day one, but when you see some real blood, that's day one of your cycle. You can mark that on your app <laughs> that Lauren mm-hmm. suggested. Um, your blood quality should be healthy red color. It shouldn't be watery. It shouldn't be clotted. Um, it should. You should have a, a day or two that's heavy, and then your whole cycle may be three days or five days, and it it will kind of trickle off, and that's normal. Um, It shouldn't be so heavy that you're, say, changing a tampon every hour or afraid you're going to, like, have a blowout wherever you go. That's Mm -hmm. probably too much. That's heavy. So I think that's important to know. You know, how you should feel. You know, you might feel a little introspective. I think that's normal at this phase. You're not going to be, you know, (laughs) jumping off rooftops. Um, Mm -hmm. However, you shouldn't be having, like, pain. You shouldn't be having a migraine. You shouldn't be super bloated. Um, So, you know, you might – we cycle as women and kind of how we feel, and that's normal. Mm -hmm. But it shouldn't be 
so extreme. So that's sort of yeah. that's sort of the early phase. Do you have any questions I like what about you say, that? Just just to jump in, I love what you said that during this time you might you might feel a little more introspective. I think that's really cool to give yourself some freedom as a woman to know you're not going to always be you know, just the life of the party all month long. I mean, there might be some, you know, time before your cycle where you just kind of want to chill. And But you don't want to feel like you have to be a shut-in and you can't see anyone or go out in public. You know, if you're feeling like that, then there's something to look into on that. But it's normal to have times where you're more in go-go-go mode and other times you're just kind of restoring and charging your batteries. And I think that's really cool that you said that. You might feel more introspective, but, you know, if it's beyond that, then that's worth looking into. Yeah, perfect. And I didn't mention, you know, day one is really when the hormones should be dropping. Estrogen and testosterone, excuse me, estrogen and progesterone should really be dropped down. And that's a signal to your body that it's time to start a new cycle. So around day three, some women get measured um, day three for follicle-stimulating hormone. That's a hormone that comes out of the hypothalamus pituitary to signal like it's time for another cycle to start. We're going to get the ovaries going again, brewing up some, some maturing some eggs, and mm-hmm. those will keep maturing. The lining of the uh, uterus will grow at the signal of estrogen coming from the ovaries. So the lining is growing, little eggies are growing, and one mm-hmm. will kind of emerge as being the dominant one, and the others will basically die off. And so around day 10 to 12, your estrogen is peaking. Your testosterone is also peaking. So you might feel really good around now. You might feel very attractive. You might, you know, mm-hmm. want to go out more. Um, you might, you know, you know, be a good time for dating and that kind of a thing. <laughs> so feeling good. <laughs> That's cool. Um, and then your mucus will be getting more apparent. You know, you're a little thicker. This might be where it looks like an egg white. So if you're, you know, when you're wiping, you might see that. And now with this peak is the signal for your body to ovulate, which happens around day 14. So day mm-hmm. 14, your cervix is really low. If you ever touch and feel, you know, your cervix is low, getting ready to potentially receive sperm. Your cervical mucus becomes slippery. And just a little side note, we usually ovulate in an early morning, and our testosterone is also high. So if people are listening and wanting to conceive, this is kind of early morning can be a good time. However, you know, sperm live for a while. Um, so, but actually, that window with uh, the egg is available is actually pretty short. So, but if the sperm are already in there, they're they're living that kind of a thing. So that's what's happen happening mid cycle, uh, and when the egg is released. What's left behind is called a corpus luteum, and that gets to work making a lot of progesterone for the second phase of your cycle. So believe it or not, that second phase of your cycle, day 14 to 28, should feel really nice, and you should feel good. Progesterone is a hormone that makes you feel good. So you shouldn't be spotting. You shouldn't be moody. You know, no hot flashes. You shouldn't feel all bloated. Um, and again, this should should be actually a pretty good, stable time for you, like emotionally, until day 28, and then um, if you're not pregnant, those those hormone levels will start to drop again, and you'll get your period. Mm, I love that. It's really and, – and, you know, for people who aren't familiar with your hormones, you may want to listen to, to that a few times. For me, it seems really – straightforward, but I've been doing this for a while, but it takes a long time to really get, okay, the FSH signals for the estrogen, and then the LH is going to help to signal for the progesterone, and, you know, and it's kind of like this dance that's going on. Um, So that's ideal. So anything else about the ideal cycle that we can talk about kind of troubleshooting of how this can go awry? 
I think that's about it for ideal, and there's lots to talk about <laughs> as far as it <laughs> go awry. So first thing you talked about was you said your period should be, you know, pretty moderate in amount. Um, And, you know, if you get things like clots, it can be a clue. Maybe something could be a bit off. Or if the color of the blood is maybe real light, that could be a clue um, or too dark or whatever. So let's talk about that first. We'll kind of go from day one to the end and talk about ways this can go a bit off. So number one, let's say there's clots, a lot of clots. What, What could that be a clue of? Yeah, so I didn't really learn this until a few years ago, and a light bulb really went off for me. So in the first phase of the cycle, we learned that estrogen grows the lining. And we didn't talk about the second phase of the cycle. Progesterone is what we say maturing the lining. So it shouldn't be growing anymore. It should be kind of, I don't know, kind of like thickening up and becoming more ready for, you know, to hold the egg and that kind of thing. So if that's not happening, either because progesterone is low or estrogen is dominant or sort of a combination, there will be growth that happens kind of almost, you think, like through the progesterone. The progesterone is not doing its job enough of stabilizing that lining, and the estrogen is kind of bursting through and growing some more. So that's usually when you'll see clots, which is is really interesting. So Mm -hmm. um, people sometimes will say, oh, well, I have clots, but that's normal. It's not really normal in the sense that there's probably some kind of hormonal imbalance there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In school, we learned that, that estrogen is kind of like the the hormone that grows the lining and then the progesterone sort of pats it down, you know. And it's, so if you're getting a lot of spotting throughout the month, you may not have enough of that progesterone to hold the endometrium in place. And you're getting some of that, you know, some of the a little bit of blood loss throughout the month. Um, so that can be a clue of that. What if someone has a real light color in period? Yeah, so I guess there's kind of two things. If the period itself is just light, like, oh, you know, I bleed for a day and then it's over, you obviously mm-hmm. haven't grown that that lining very much. So there's probably some low estrogen for whatever reason. You know, mm-hmm. the signaling was strong, there's cortisol in the system, that kind of a thing. Something I'm dealing right with right now is sort of this watery um watery period sometimes and uh, I'm trying to deduce so I a couple of things I have going on is I have a copper IUD and I also have a retro flex uterus and I probably have some like low progesterone <laughs> thrown in there mm-hmm. as well but the wateriness I think is maybe coming from one of those first two things so mm-hmm. I will have to update you guys when <laughs> I learn more about that I think that's more unusual I don't hear a lot of people tell me that it's it's watery yeah, yeah, I don't hear as much of that either. And also, too, if the color of it, you know, if it's a little too light, like a little light in that reddish color, that could be a clue. Maybe you're low in iron. You know, the 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 uh, darkness of the blood can be a clue of your iron levels. So if you're finding you have a really, really light period and you might be having symptoms like dizziness or maybe you yawn a lot or you're looking a little pale, I would, you know, ask your doctor to look into um you know, your iron levels, do a full iron panel and making sure ferritin is included, your serum iron, you know, your your iron saturation, all of that kind of stuff. So um, that's a really good point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about, I mean, I feel like most of my patients at some point have been on birth control pills. I mean, it's very rare that a patient will say, oh, I've never been on those. I mean, it's like the, the definitely the vast majority. How does this come into it? What is what does let's say a woman well very rarely is a woman put on birth control when she has healthy cycles right sometimes maybe if it's just for birth control she may be put on birth control but usually they're put on birth control when there's something wrong so what is birth control doing is it forcing the system like what's it doing exactly and 
you know, and also what are some of the side effects of maybe being on this for, for a while? Yeah, well, the first thing I want to say that if you listen to that description of an ideal cycle and you're on some kind of hormonal birth control, don't worry, so to speak, because your your cycle will be a little different because you're on hormonal birth control. So I don't want people to assume just because they bleed every 28 days that they're having a cycle. They're sort of not. So, mm-hmm. so that's sort of a first disclaimer is it's making everything different. And there's different types of birth control with different amounts of hormone. One that I see a lot of my ladies on is the Marina IUD, which I believe is progesterone only. Someone Mm -hmm. told me recently, kind of low amounts. So you'll often have no period, a light period. You'll have some spotting. So, you know, if that's progesterone dominant, then estrogen isn't really growing the lining. So that's sort of normal, so to speak. And Marina can be easier to come off of but if you've been on birth control pill for a number of years, when you come off, it could be quite a process for your endocrine system to wake up again. It can actually take up to a year. So you may mm-hmm. be getting, you know, missed cycle, irregular cycle. You may have not addressed some things <laughs> before you got on that birth control pill. And then the birth control pill may have added some, you know, liver congestion, some nutrient depletion, some inflammation. And now you're coming off, and it, it can be potentially a little rough. Uh, you're also just kind of not used to that that ebb and flow anymore. So, right, you know, this, <laughs> that might be a, a little bit of a shocker. So it's sort of different for every woman um, how it how it comes how they come off of it. Some you know may come off quite easily and you know get pregnant right away and. And others will be a, a big delay. And, and not to say you shouldn't deal with that. I think you should, you know, see your practitioner and and try to try to speed up the process of, of normalizing, but also kind of give your body a little break that it, it's trying to figure it out again. Yeah, yeah, give it a little bit of time. Um, and and also too, one of the one, unfortunately doctors don't really talk about this with their patients, but one of the other added side effects of birth control pills is it it really can wipe out a lot of nutrients in your body. Certain um, your body uses up a lot more minerals when you're on uh, birth control pills like magnesium and calcium. It can burn through your B vitamins, deplete some of these B vitamins. So I find that for a lot of my patients who have been on birth control for a while, we'll do nutrient testing and it's like, holy crap, look at all these deficiencies. You know, so a lot of that I think the side effects of being on birth control is a result of being depleted from from some of your nutrients in particular. Also, I find that for a lot of my patients who have, yeah, who have real difficult periods, or excuse me, um, I find that for a lot of my patients when they say that that they've been on birth control in the past, they're not now, and I'll say, well, how did you handle that? And they say, oh, God, I was a crazy person. I could not handle it. I find for a lot of them they have MTHFR defects. So genetically, they're just not processing that as well. So for you, you guys listening, if you find that, you know, you don't really feel right on birth control, it could be some, some reasons, maybe deficiencies, but also genetically you may not process it as well. So that can be really helpful as a clue to kind of check in on for yourself. Mm, that's really interesting. I hadn't really thought about that one, but I do have one MTHFR, and the couple times I've been on birth control, I never lasted long because I was yeah. like, new. <laughs> well, and it's, I think also beyond just the detox part of it, you know, if you're going into it already a little low in your folate and then you're, you know, then you're taking a, a birth control that's depleting your folate levels. So you're already not 
activating that folate as well, and then you're going into it with this birth control, and then you're depleting even more, you're going to get symptoms of more of these B vitamin deficiencies. And yes, folate is a B vitamin for you guys listening who didn't know that. So, um, so I think that's so for anyone who who's for sure wanting to go on birth control, I think looking and getting a nutrient test right right off the bat is really important. You know, um, just to see where your starting place is. So yeah, it's very complex. <laughs> um, Okay, let's talk about irregularities. So let's say there's long cycles, maybe every, you know, 35, 40, 50, 60 days, um, or a regular cycle, missing cycles. What's What could be going on with, with these guys? Yeah, so it could be a lot of things. I, I would say the most common is polycystic ovarian syndrome. It's the number mm-hmm. one hormone disorder within women, and it, it doesn't look the same for everyone. So and the typical picture is kind of overweight and, and facial hair and this kind of thing. And that's really definitely not everyone. You can be still quite thin and, and have PCOS. So the signaling is, is off between the ovaries and uh, the hypothalamus pituitary because the ovaries are growing little cysts. And like we said earlier, you know, one should become the dominant and the rest should die off. But in PCOS, sometimes there's lots of ones popping up at all different times. And when all that's going on, there may never, you know, they may not be an ovulation or it may be infrequent. And that way you're getting, um, you know, some irregular cycles. So that's probably number one. Uh, there are other things too, you know, if you have high cortisol, like you mentioned at the beginning of the show, you can just kind of lower your whole sex hormones. You can also block receptor sites for hormones. So, you know, some women will experience no cycle, like when they're going through a stressful time or they're training for a race or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, you know, low body weight, being, you know, too thin and the body perceives some stress, that could happen as well. Um, and then going on into like some aging, you know, with, with perimenopause or early menopause, th- things could get irregular as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And thyroid too, right? Underactive thyroid is a big one I find for irregular Oh, yeah, cycles. that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's a big connection with low thyroid and low progesterone too. Um, I think I mentioned this on the show before, but for you guys, on go on YouTube and you can type in, I think I... I gave a lecture on this, on low progesterone and thyroid connection and how it relates to fertility. Um, I think if you just type in Dur Noel, uh, I would say thyroid. If you just typed in that, you'll probably find the lecture, but it's all about that connection with low progesterone and and the thyroid connection, and that really can affect your cycles quite a bit. Um, Cool. And you know what's so bizarre is – um, one of the things that I found for myself personally and I've seen for patients, and I don't know why this is, but I find that um, for for women who have really heavy periods, giving them iron, it makes their periods get lighter it, when they have low iron. I'll say only when they have low iron, but it, it's, it's so odd to me, and I, I'm still looking for why this is the case because you would think it would be the opposite, that getting the periods to lighten up will make the, the, the iron go up. But I've been seeing it the other way around where the, the cycles are real heavy. They tend to have low iron. We give them iron and their, their periods get lighter. I don't know why. It's so bizarre. But Yeah, we could probably theorize a little bit. <laughs> yeah. What that could be doing, you know, maybe just like healthier, you know, cells making a smoother cycle. Or, you know, there is a, yeah. in our eggs, there's a lot of iron, like, you really need iron to accept sperm. So who knows, maybe something else is going on there mm-hmm. with the signaling that we need iron for. So I know I know iron's also really important for the thyroid, so maybe it's 
you know, boosting the thyroid then helps to regulate the cycles. I don't know. I okay, to nerd yeah, out thinking that about it. Sense. Yeah. <laughs> what about for for patients who feel like they want to kill someone before their period? What's going on here when there's lots of PMS stuff? Maybe there's cramps. There's real difficult episodes that happen. Um, you know, real painful breasts. Just the you know, kind of the typical PMS stuff, PMDD. You know, what could be going on with this? And are there any things that can help with that that you found? Yeah, well, let's start out with some of the moodiness. And usually that has to do with low progesterone. So, again, that could either be low progesterone and estrogen is kind of like normal, or it could be that progesterone is trying to be normal, but estrogen is really dominant. Or it could be they're both low, but they're still just not in a ratio that's working out. Um, So low progesterone can lead to that moodiness or the the bloating. you know, with perimenopause, those kind of low-grade depression can can happen as well. Um, and then, you know, there's some foods to definitely avoid. As far as cramps, that can be, you know, I, honestly, like I I usually am able to smooth that over pretty well with magnesium, water, and fish oil. Like magnesium is usually the really big one, the nutrient needed for our uterus to cramp smoothly. So. Most people are just deficient in that and need more of that. But there's more to the story. You know, it could be endometriosis in, in some cases. could also be some toxicity and some inflammation. So, you know, getting getting your diet to be cleaner and, like, more organic foods and less sugar and that kind of thing, that could really help a lot of women just have a, a smoother cycle as it's happening. So a little bit case by case. Um, but, you know, especially for like I'm 41 and like sugar, alcohol, caffeine, you know, I really notice all these things throw me off quite a bit harder nowadays. So right. especially in the second half of my cycle, I have to be really like sugar, like a half of a, you know, a Pellegrino soda could like throw me off for 24 hours. So mm-hmm. I have to be really careful. I think that, you know, we just need the liver to be working really well. We need the gut to be working really well. So just kind of looking at, okay, like where can you, um, where do you need to make improvements? Also, high cortisol can block progesterone receptors. So, you know, you could be making progesterone, but it's 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 knocking, but it's not getting in. So maybe mm-hmm. for you, you need to work on meditating or taking walks or you can try phosphatidylserine. So a little bit case by case, but definitely, as we said earlier, you know, it, it shouldn't be two weeks of hell or, or even three days of hell. Um, you know, it could be some things you're a little bit noticing, but it, it shouldn't be anything crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, gosh, I think any woman, PMS or not, adding in some of those recharging kind of, you know, routines like meditating or walking is just so important. It's been a little crazy how often I've been prescribing walking for my patients, <laughs> but it's it's I the real deal. Walking. Oh, walking yeah. is legit. That's the bee's knees. Walking is so powerful. You know, it, it helps to integrate the right and left hemispheres of the brain. It helps with, you know, filtering and processing your thoughts into the proper parts of your brain. So it's a way to kind of, you know, it's a, kind of a way to organize your thoughts. Um, it's, you know, boosting for, for the mood. You know, there's there's actual research studying walking for being a treatment for depression. So I, you know, about 30, 45 minutes, and it's so incredibly helpful for bringing down that cortisol. If you have that stel- stubborn belly fat, add in some walking. I guarantee that's mm. going to help with all the hormones and also improving the, 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 the periods too. It's so powerful. It's Get so it basic. Done. 
Yeah. yeah. Adopt a dog. That's what helped me to walk more. Right. Get a dog. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And then you just meet people, you know, that's, that's also good for the soul too. So what about for yeah, the real heavy period? If you got real heavy periods, they're, they're, you know, real, like maybe, you know, you're, you're going through several tampons, you know, I, gosh, I remember back when I, before I had done a lot of work on balancing my hormones and this is maybe TMI, but I would go through like a tampon per hour, you know, until I really did some work on regulating my thyroid and my progesterone. It was, it was crazy for me. I think it was because I, I had a copper IUD. So that really made my periods a lot heavier. Um, but, you know, it really can be a real problem for a lot of women to have real heavy periods. Yes. You know, we learned earlier that estrogen dominates the first half, and then ideally you ovulate and you have the progesterone, as you said, to pat down. And sometimes you don't ovulate, you know, even when you think you do, even when you're younger, um, or you skip a cycle, like we said, or you have PCOS. So if that estrogen is still signaling and still hanging around, that can keep growing um, growing your lining. So that's one reason, you know, we can also get into like all the estrogens in our environment and, and, you know, our fat cells create more estrogen. So we can talk about sources of estrogen, but yeah. it can definitely be estrogen dominance. Yeah, that's, that's a biggie. Um, just to not like ignore a couple other things, you know, it's very rare. Cervical cancer is very rare, but heavy periods or spotting could could be that in like very rare cases. So just kind of mentioning that because it's always good to get a checkup. And like you mentioned, you can lose a lot of iron. It's it's very depleting for your body. So you know, see your naturopath, see your gynecologist, and and just get checked out. Um, fibroids too. You know, some of them can be quite innocent, but if they get big enough and and they're and they're causing bleeding, that can cause heavy cycle as well. So so those are the things, you know, worth worth getting checked checked out, I would say. And then if, if you kind of look good, so to speak, then then treating, you know, if you're in perimenopause or if you suspect estrogen dominance, if you're having PCOS, you know, you know, treat it. Treat it and, and you can regulate so that you don't miss cycles and then have heavy cycles. Yeah, for sure. So if a woman's having real heavy cycles, ways to start to balance that out. One of the things, um, at least in the actual kind of heat of it, while you're having a heavy period, um, a great supplement I've used with patients is called Slow Flow by Vitanica. It has some, some great herbs in it that can start to really slow down this excess blood loss. So that's a great one to use just acutely as you're getting that loss. Um, but of course, not losing track of the underlying issue, right? So making sure to look into it. Do you have too much estrogen? Do you have, you know, estrogen dominant in relation to your progesterone? So maybe you have normal estrogen, but you have a really low progesterone that can make that, that um, you know, the heavy periods potentially. Um, you know, and like you said, looking into fibroids and, and making sure you're getting some exams, getting some hands-on stuff and looking into it and, you know, making sure to get your pelvic exams and all that um, important stuff. Also, a homeopathic I've used for patients is sepia. That can be a great one for real p- difficult periods or heavy periods. Um, any other ideas that you might have, you know? Yeah, you reminded me of, of a cool one in Chinese medicine, which, you know, we can burn moxa on a certain yeah. point for you. And it can really stop a heavy a heavy flow while it's happening. So, And then I'll, I'll teach women to do it and do it at home. So that's that's a pretty cool option. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I'm all about the Chinese medicine. Big fan. <laughs> so mox, yeah, moxa, is this something they can do at home or they got to see someone for it? Yeah, I mean, you need to see someone to get advised on how to do it first and, you know, have an acupuncturist 
you know, if they're comfortable, send you home with it. Um, so it's on a point called spleen one. It kind of uplifts chi and uplifts chi in the uterus. It can also help for like prolapsed uterus. But I, I've really seen that that help quite a bit. Yeah, and it's just kind of a, a band aid though. And you know, you you do have to go back and and figure out the estrogen dominance or or, or what your diagnosis is. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I have a Facebook question from Sonia, and she wants to know how can I know if I'm ovulating or not. I'm not sure. Mm, that's <laughs> a really good question. question. I'm sure so many oh. women have no clue. Yeah, there's a, a a few ways. So one is like you know, for, like for women trying to get pregnant, they take that ovulation predictor test, and that measures when there's a spike in luteinizing hormone to release the egg. However, it can be you know false negative, false positive in some instances, but it's it is usually pretty good. Um, there's one with like a smiley face that people say, you know, they like prefer because it's clearer. There's some like fancy reusable ones that you can do. You can also do basal body temperature charting. So this won't tell you beforehand, but it'll start to you to let, let you get to know your cycle. And after you ovulate, you should have a thermal shift of like a half a degree Fahrenheit on your chart. So maybe you were at, you know, 98 and then you went up to 98.5, although actually those might be a little high, but there should be a jump. And that Mm -hmm. is an indication that progesterone is like heating up the uterus. Mm -hmm. Um, But that can be a little bit false false occasionally too so you can't like a hundred percent like I had one client whose chart looked good but she never got a positive OPK um, and then you know some people get the confusing OPK and they're not sure but those two things and what's that stand for, for people who don't know what's OPK oh ovulation predictor kit okay. <laughs> yeah and you can buy that usually at the drugstore um, and then there's, you know, there's books on charting, and I really like charting. It's kind of old school, but it tells you a lot about your cycle, lets you kind of follow your cycle and, and see what's mm. going on. I like that, too. And a lot of those apps, I use the app My Days Pro. I just like how it's laid out. Um, so I use that, and you can in, um, put on there your body temperature and everything so you can get a, an idea. You don't have to have the old school, you know, chart you're writing on. <laughs> you, you can be... Uh, Cool with the technology. Modern. Yeah, <laughs> more modern. Yeah, I think too, you know, you can measure your cervical mucus. Um, and that's also, you know, not 100%, but you should see towards the middle of the month that cervical mucus is getting more plentiful and like a egg white, they say. And then, you know, and all these phases blend, but then right in the middle, as you're ovulating, you should get what they call slippery, like almost like a lubricant. And then when it's all over, it should be drying up, like show's over, <laughs> cervix is moving mm. up. So that should be the pattern um, before and, and during and after ovulation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's so funny when patients say to me, you know, I get this discharge and I think there's something wrong with me. And it's like, no, 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 that's normal. It's good to have different types of discharge throughout the month. I mean, if it's stinky or if it, you know, is itchy or, you know, like cheese curdles, not to gross everyone out, but if that's happening, that's a clue. Things can be a bit off. But to have, you know, maybe a bit of a creamy consistency some months and, you know, some days of the cycle and then it's that clear, like, egg white, the raw egg white. And there might be more times throughout the cycle where it's a little more dry, you know, all of that can be normal from fluctuating hormones. So knowing that can be really helpful so you don't have freak out moments. (laughs) 
Yeah, and I should mention, you know, if you take antihistamines, if you have allergies, that can dry all that business up. So uh, if you feel like, you know, I don't have any cervical mucus, that can be why. Also, if you've been on birth control, it can take a long time for that signaling to come back. And then lastly, if you've had, what do they call it, like a cervical, what do they call that line where they kind of scrape the cervix? Oh, like a cryotherapy Um, or a LEAP procedure? Yeah. You know, that can affect a little bit your cervical mucus production. Or if you're getting like a pap smear or something, potentially, maybe. We can maybe do it. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Wow, we kind of ran through a lot. Are there any other, you know, things, ways that you see this go awry that, you know, could be helped using some natural kind of support? Well, we could definitely, if you want to, like, just chit-chat more about, like, remedies and and things to do about it. Um, One thing I'm kind of jazzed about lately is xenoestrogens. I've been learning Mm -hmm. more, you know, quite a bit from one of our speakers in the summit. And, you know, learning to avoid those and where they come from is really helpful because it's, you know, even if you say, well, I'm not in estrogen dominance or, or whatever, like, it's they are dysregulating of your endocrine right. system. So, and they're so insidious, you know, they're everywhere. So, um, you know, eating organic is, is really important. And, and people kind of know, that, but just kind of, just kind of, you know, driving that point home. And, you know, you might with your budget not have everything organic, but things that are the higher on the food chain are important. And there's, mm-hmm. things, you know, if things are like out of season and really expensive and uh, organic, you know, wait till it's in season or that kind of a thing. Um, so food is, is a big place. Um, plastics is another, you know, hopefully some of your listeners are already you know, avoiding storing their food in plastic, especially if it's food is hot, especially if the plastic is abraded, uh, same for kitchen utensils. I think that there's some, there's some falsehoods going on in marketing plastics. One I learned about was as how, um, you know, a lot of things now say BPA free, that's mm-hmm. bisphenol A, which is the hormone disruptor, but they've maybe just replaced it with bisphenol S or bisphenol F. So it's basically the same exact thing. So you have to be a little careful. So avoiding plastics and water bottles, even if it says like BPA free and that kind of thing. Uh, one that we learned from uh, our speaker, Laura Adler, is that the word fragrance is a troublemaker that could have up to 300 chemicals in that one mm. ingredient. And they don't have to disclose it because it's like proprietary but it's always a hormone disruptor unless it's like essential oils and it's in everything. It's, you know, it's in your shampoo and your makeup and it's even in like things that it totally doesn't need to be in like, you know, trash bags that you buy, like, Oh, you know, fragrance or like I even see, wow. you know, you see little menstrual pads, right. And they're like fragrance mm-hmm. for, you don't need that fragrance. <laughs> so yeah, I'm disruptor. so glad you brought that up. The, the, the menstrual pads and especially tampons, you don't want to be putting something up there that has fragrance because you're going to be absorbing that into those tissues that gets into the bloodstream. So organic, super important when it comes to tampons. Yeah, or you can use a cup or, or use something else. But, um, but yeah, just, just learning to look, looking for that word fragrance and kind of being careful with how they freeze things because they can be a little bit sneaky and deceptive because everyone wants to be green now. Um, yeah. But that's a big one to look for. Um, some people also know like to look for parabens as an ingredient. And often now you'll see, you know, no parabens or no SLS. Uh, but just, you know, it, it can be overwhelming, but just starting to learn to read labels and Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, avoiding genetically modified foods is, is another one that you've probably talked about on the show. Um, so if you're buying USDA organic, it, it won't be um, genetically modified or sprayed with glyphosate. Uh, that can be one to avoid. Oh, and then one of our speakers was talking about metalloestrogens, and we kind of focused on aluminum and deodorant and how potent that mm-hmm. is, altering, altering breast cells. Yeah, so, you know, that can be a hard one to give up because that stuff works like a charm, right? <laughs> but mm-hmm. it's really disrupting. So finding alternatives, and you know, again, it can be overwhelming, but just, just like when you run out of a product, you know, go to the store and really read labels and ask or, you know, ask friends, like, what deodorant do you use? You know, what works for you? And um, just slowly replacing things. It took me a long time to replace, like, my pans, for instance. Like, I had some nonstick pans. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, I wasn't, yeah, it's money. You know, I wasn't rich at yep. the time when I was learning about this. So just little by little, um, you can go to stores like, um like Ross or TJ Maxx and they actually have like a lot of good like glass um, Tupperware and pots and pans that are pretty high quality for mm-hmm. a lot cheaper so yeah this is a little thrifty shopper tip yep to start to go through and detox your life it takes a little bit of time it's kind of annoying it's a little labor intensive but it over time it really makes a huge difference on the circulating levels of these chemicals in your body and the reality is is even you go outside and you breathe the air you're going to be exposed to some toxins so there's no point in slathering things on when you can have a really clean source of that and just bring down that toxic load you know that you're getting exposed to so and i love that you brought up eating organic it's really important especially eating organic meats You know, if you're eating all organic fruits and vegetables but eating regular meat, you're just completely wasting your money because most of that, like you said, it's the higher up on the food chain. So making sure to get organic meats and, you know, grass-fed meat, pasture-raised, wild salmon, just real clean proteins. And then if you have extra money to do organic other stuff, do the fruits and vegetables. It really is a big difference. And, you know, we we know there's the dirty dozen, so there's going to be the main fruits and vegetables too focus on as getting organic, you know, spend, spend most of the, the dollars there to get those ones organic. And then the rest, you know, if you, if you can afford it, you can do those ones organic. So if you guys haven't, we've talked about that on the show, but if you haven't, if you haven't heard of the dirty dozen, Google the dirty dozen and you'll find, um, you know, the fruits and vegetables, the list on there that you want to make sure to get those organic. So good stuff, Bridget. Is there anything else you can think of? Well, on that note, I was just going to piggyback that a way to get a lot of organic stuff that has a good variety and, you know, good bugs on it is to join a CSA Mm -hmm. and, you know, get things that are local delivered to you and you'll get things you don't normally eat. And so that that can be a cool and and affordable way to to do it. Uh, Or you can go to a farmer's market. I'm kind of like lazy. I want my food. (laughs) I can get my CSA delivered. So that can be another little shortcut and you know essential oils are so huge right now and and they're so powerful like you can use them to clean your home or you know fragrance your your uh, coconut oil to put on your body Um, you Mm. can use them as deodorant um, so, you know, if you're, if you have an interest in, in those, like check them out and, and see what you can do and you can get really crazy and make recipes or you can just be simple and, you know, dab on certain essential oils. Um, yeah. our speaker was also just saying, you know, baking soda and vinegar are, are great ways to clean your home. You don't need, you know, all the specialty, oh, I have a tile cleaner and an oven cleaner and a, a floor cleaner, like 
guarantee, you know, if those things are conventional, they are pretty toxic. So yeah. finding either like a super, super green alternative and you understand everything on the label or just using some elbow grease and baking soda. Love it. I, I, I'm also quite, I'm not going to say I'm lazy because I work my butt off, but I don't have time to come home and, and fix a big, huge meal. I do Pete's Paleo, so I get my stuff delivered, my meals during the week. If you guys want to check it out, it's Pete'sPaleo.com, and it's all – you know about Pete's Paleo, don't you, Bridget? I do a little bit. I'm not, like, super oh my gosh. familiar. It's amazing. So, so it's, it's, you get five or ten meals during the week. They send it to you. It's available anywhere in the U.S. They send you the food. It arrives on your doorstep, and it's all prepackaged, pre-made paleo food. It's local. It's organic. It's in season. It's awesome. I mean, they've harvested all of the, you know, the crops basically the same week that you eat it. So it's fresh stuff. It's not sitting on a truck for, you know, weeks or months. Um, so it's locked with lots of different nutrients, and it tastes super good. So it's just really nice if you're a busy person, you don't have time to cook. It's amazing. So they also have bone broth, and they have, like, gut healing, different kits and stuff. Um, it's amazing. So highly recommend it. Cool. I did not know that was everywhere. So, yeah, I'll have to check yeah. that out. I've been wanting to try some of those different delivery services. I'm pretty decent about cooking, um, cause I, especially because I'm not in the clinic as much anymore. But um, shopping can get the best yeah. of me, you know. I just, like, mm-hmm. ugh, I don't want to feel like I'm constantly shopping. Totally. Yeah, make it easier on yourself, you know. There's no need to be so... You know, you don't have to be superwoman all the time, just some of the time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, I love all this stuff. I could talk to you for hours, but our time has just flown by. But are there any parting words you want to share with our listeners before we set you free? Um, You know, we didn't talk a lot about food, so as far as specific foods. So I just say, you know, the nutrient-dense foods that you learn about on Dr. Low Radio it can be really helpful in, in regulating your cycle. And, and you know, the other side of that is if you're eating well some of the time but really falling off the wagon the other time, that, that nutrient depletion can, can affect things. So, yeah, just, you know, just, just do what you're learning on here. You know, eat well, take your walks, you know, just integrate things into your lifestyle. And if beyond that things aren't working, you know, you can see a practitioner for we didn't really talk a ton about herbs, but there, you know, there's definitely more options. Like once you get the fundamentals covered. Mm-hmm. Where can people keep up with you and follow you after the show? Yeah, so I'm at BridgetDanner.com, and then yeah, right now in this moment, if you catch this before April 11th, we'd love for you to sign up for our big event, which is um, going to awesome. be the link you share. Um, can I share the link that Gina gave yeah, me? Yeah, it's drlohormonesummit.com. So drlohormonesummit.com. Okay. You guys can be in the loop on on that. And you think you learned a lot on this show? It's like a little tip of the iceberg. So you'll feel very smart about your body after this. You'll learn a lot of information, and also too, you'll feel a lot more educated to talk with your doctor about it. You know, not feel so deer in the headlights when you talk to your doctor with hormone questions. You'll really come from a place of feeling empowered and really know your stuff. And I think that's really important. Yeah, for practitioners, too, I mean, it's definitely valid for practitioners. It's a huge topic. I'm definitely still not done learning hormones. So wherever you're at, and if you're like a total beginner or you're already a practitioner, I think that you'll pick up some things wherever you're at. Mm -hmm. 
definitely. Well, I so appreciate you joining us and being so gracious with your time. And I'm sure people have learned a lot from you. So thank you so much for all that you do. And have a wonderful, wonderful evening. Thank you, Lauren. It's been great to get to know you. Yeah, you too. All right, y'all. That is our show. Thank you so much for listening. And definitely go over to DrLowHormoneSummit.com and you can check that out. You can learn more about me at ShineNaturalMedicine.com. And also get on the list. Shine up, sign up for email updates. We can keep you in the loop on the Shine Retreat coming up in July in Nicaragua. Have a wonderful evening, you guys. I'm wishing you very easy and carefree periods. <laughs> and, um, you know, if you need anyone to help you look under the hood, I'm happy to do that. Or any other, you know, naturopathic doctors, you can seek us out. We're here to help you guys. Have a wonderful week. Take care. Love you all. We'll see you next week. Bye. North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10. North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10.